Welcome to Sacred Cows, a podcast where we ask the age-old question, why do we do what we do? My name is Daniel. And I'm Bria. And each week we will look at life or family or the church and ask questions to help us as we journey through life together. So grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and come and chat with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three no, yeah, three. Yeah, three. Of sacred sacred cows. cows. <laughs> you can't do it like as your guest. It's true. It's I, just not. It was fun. That was actually that was actually acceptable. a fun time. Remember when we were trying to decide this and we were just like, sacred cows. What should we do? And mm-hmm. it was like we should just have a cow moo. Yeah. And, and then I think it was you that was just like we should we should just get one of the kids to moo. And Asher's the most obnoxious. Uh, that's true. So, so it just made him. sense. <laughs> Poor kid. And that's how Middle it child. I know. Right? Anyways, today we are going to look at... The, the sacred s- cow of... <laughs> it's like it's so dramatic, it's but it's not at all. The uh, sacred cow of date night. Date night. I don't know about any of you Did you just say a boot? Folk? <laughs> folk? Yeah, folk. <laughs> or some conversations <laughs> with some folk. I don't know about any of you folk out there, married folk. Um, but we have received the advice of date night... So much. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand why people have told us so much. You need to go on a date night. You need to go on a date night. Yeah. It's, it's like people don't know what else to say. It is. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it maybe, is. Yeah. But this is the thing. The life that we live, we move around a lot where we've never, other than this past year, been close to family. Yep. That's right. Um. So date night. Shout out to being close to family. Yay. So date night. <laughs> Uh, has never been important to us. And I think it was always so... Not not important. It's never really been an option for yes, us, if we put right. it really, really clearly. Yep. So I think all the times that people have said, when's the last time you went on a date? Did you, do you date your husband? And I'm like, dude, first off, I'm tired because I got kids mm. and I'll fall asleep. Secondly, it's expensive. It is. <laughs> we got a babysitter it a is. few weeks ago. Now we have three kids, six and under. I think we ended up paying $40 or $50. I think it was $50. But at three kids for like three hours in 2021, apparently right. is much more expensive than when I was 12 and you That's got right. like a toonie yeah. and, a, and a pat on the head, right? And like a free drive home. That's right. But this is the thing is we've never really been in a great situation where date night has been a option a, a option for us that we could do frequently. Yeah. Yet it was always the advice that we received of course. over and over and of over. Of course. And I mean, is that really the most important piece of marriage advice we can give yeah is that all we got is that where we're at as as the church but not only as the church i guess as as the human race yeah that it's the i have 10 seconds to talk to this newly married couple and i'm going to tell them the vast knowledge of marriage (laughs) that i have and the advice that i'm going to give is date night Go on a date together. But what is it about a date? Now, I, I get it. Like, it's nice yeah. to be with each other, to spend time with each other. Sure. But the other thing is, is that the times that you and I have gone on a date night, yep. it's almost always to the movies, which means we sit in a dark theater together. Yeah. We don't talk. We don't have to look at each other. We don't have to do anything. We just watch a movie, which yeah. is fun. We love going to movies. True. But what does that really do for our marriage? Uh, th- that's right. That's right. And nine times, I mean, this is just a light bulb moment. Yep. 
have we been doing date night properly? Maybe we're doing date what night is, wrong. Like when, when individuals give the advice of going to date what night. What do they mean? It should, be pre- it should be followed up with a response of, and here is what date night looks like. Right. Because I you know think what I mean? we, some of the best advice that we were ever given by a fellow person who works for the Salvation Army was to, at <laughs> every month yep. when your kids are away or in school go to an afternoon matinee and turn, schedule it schedule it in your calendar turn your phone yep. off fall asleep if you have to but then no one can reach you now that yep. was some of the best night advice we were given professionally yes, that's right but it really doesn't do anything for our marriage right and i think that's it's the true. point that yeah. we really want to look at today is why is date night this sacred cow that everyone says that you have to do yeah. why is it the the measurement that we yeah. measure our it's, good it's, me- the, it's become to. the gold standard right. of, of uh, to the point where people brag right individuals i've heard people brag right. i i take my wife once even twice a week out to date night yeah. and you can just it's almost like they're just waiting for the yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes. Your marriage must be amazing. It's it's incredible. Right. But why why did that become the gold standard and when? Yeah, yeah. It's And not right? only that, but on the other side of it and maybe you're not in the same boat as us. I don't even know if you're married and you're listening. Right. Um but on the other side of it how does it make you feel when you don't go on date nights? Right. How does it's like, "Oh, my marriage must be on the rocks or right. I must be doing horrible because we don't get a, a date night. Right. Right. And I think And do we really want to do that to couples? Yeah. To, to give that kind not. of false sense of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Absolutely not, right? And I think as as parents with young kids or school age kids or kids that you can't just leave at home by yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It adds that extra layer of guilt like you were talking yes, about yeah. this guilt Un- of, unnecessary i'm failing guilt. my marriage i'm failing my kids i'm told i'm supposed to get away with my husband and to have a date with him yet once i finally get my kids to bed all i want to do is like flake out and, and do veg. absolutely nothing because yep. i'm exhausted so it is it's exactly. just this extra layer of guilt that we're piling on people who either don't have the time the money the resources the family the babysitters there's so many elements yep. right so, so let's elements. go let's go back to the start of marriage yep and and let's say um you're newly engaged yep you know you've been going to the church for x many years and maybe you met during youth group and that's just <laughs> that's just what you do right that's what christian couples do yeah they you know you they took off your purity ring and put on an engagement <laughs> ring <laughs> and then you get married Little Jonas and Brothers you have a you have a child in the first year because that's what christian couples do <laughs> and uh no but let's go back to the beginning and yeah. I'm, I'm gonna ask a question do people even do premarital anymore yeah now i'm gonna speak from my experience yep. because i normally do uh the premarital counseling you when... won't marry someone unless they do premarital that's true as well that yeah. just that's for like a person for anyone thing. who's listening looking to get married by me <laughs> that's a thing that i a personal decision i, I won't marry you unless you do at least six weeks of premarital counseling six sessions, six sessions yeah, sorry yeah. which if you want to do it every week you can um at least six sessions of, of premarital counseling that's a it says nowhere that that's required right that's, not that's biblical. just a personal morality <laughs> yep. that i have yep. uh because i i value it yep. and a lot of the uh, hardest questions about marriage are asked during those premarital sessions yeah um i, I think one of the hardest things and one of the greatest injustices we do as as church leaders and as officers and pastors is uh either not offer premarital counseling Mm -hmm. or just saying you don't have to do that or or not not setting it as a standard uh, of this has to be done before 
I sign your papers to for you guys to be able to get married. Right. And, and that's not that's not me trying to talk you out of getting married. No. That that's not what it is. It's facing the realities of marriage and the covenant that is made between a man and a woman when they get married. Yeah. Um, but I think our premarital, we were going to do the six week thing and I tur- think it turned into like 10 or 12 a year. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. We still go see a counselor. Yeah. Shout um, out major Doug Binner who did our married <laughs> yeah. premarital counseling. We still have our it's little great. book. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you're right. We don't really offer that anymore and we don't really do that anymore. And I think the main purpose of it was to set people up for marriage. The, proper expectations yes. to understand because yep. we totally go into it with rose-covered glasses oh of course we do like Absolutely. how do you not right yeah. how do you not and we just don't teach people yeah what it's like and we talked about this last week what the real the harsh realities of life and marriage of and what it can look of like course. right and to be honest with you god bless you those who enter into marriage and they have like a solid example or they've been taught or instructed whether by the church or by Mm -hmm. your family on okay these are some of the things that might happen in your first year of marriage or in your first five years and here's some tools or something that you can work through i mean that's that's fantastic but ultimately that's what we should be doing for every marriage yeah we should be setting them up for the greatest success because it's so uh, i'm gonna say valuable but it's but it's also so so um Oh my goodness. Like there's a lot of responsibility. It is. It's a big it's, responsibility. Absolutely. It's a big witness. And when done right, it really shows the gospel and, right. and God to other people. But unfortunately, like you say, not a lot of people have great examples yeah. um, in homes and in the church. We, yeah. We've done a really poor job at having and giving a great example and couple that with the idea that we don't really do premarital anymore and then add that to the advice of... Have you gone on a date yet? Like That's right. Right? Yep. We're not really setting people up for success. So that's why I say, no, this is a mandatory thing. If I'm going to marry you, you have to do some sort of pre-marital right. um, counseling. And it's unfortunately just got to the point where, where I think it's the mindset of let's just get through it. Yeah. And uh, we'll answer the questions and we'll do the hour or right. and, and we'll just get through it so we can get married. Whereas there's a lot of value mm-hmm. when you embrace the questions that are asked when you actually do the work beforehand and really what that shows me a little insight to those who maybe might be married by me in the future (laughs) uh, a little insight of if you're not going to put in this work before the marriage Mm. if you're not going to do this budget before the marriage if you're not going to talk about these things these hard realities of marriage before you're married Mm -hmm. why is that uh, are you going to do that during the marriage? <laughs> right, right. It's not you know like the I mean? wedding day is this magical turn of events and then Ex- all of a sudden exactly. you know everything and everything falls into place. That's right. It's not a flip of a switch right. and everything's great. Right. That's not what it is. And there's all not the... a quick fixes either. Absolutely. A, a weekly date night is not going to fix yep. the problems that you're not yep. focusing on or you haven't learned through, yeah. right? And many people need to realize when you enter into a marriage, you bring all of that baggage with you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. The slate doesn't just get wiped clean. You bring who you were as an individual before you got married into your marriage and sometimes <laughs> and entering you, and into you a marriage your families too. and you bring your family i know a lot of us might not realize I that i also brought but a we dog do. you brought a dog that's yeah. true uh but, but going back to to the baggage you if anything marriage just expounds that stuff it right. doesn't diminish it it right. makes it more evident and prevalent 100 percent. 
So because like I think we mentioned last week when we were talking about individualism, you're, you're two individual persons who for the majority of your lives have only been focused on you. Of course. <laughs> and then yep. all of a sudden you're coming together, right? Yeah, and that, right. that baggage that you bring is not going to just stay packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what does the Bible tell us? I think we want to kind of counteract, okay, so if, if date night is not the sacred cow of marriage, mm-hmm. what is the sacred cow? What is the one thing that we should be telling people, right? That's right. So to find that, we go to the Bible. Because there's not a book of the Bible called marriage, but no. there is a ton mm. of... Um, scriptures and references and ideas and yes. um, things that we should be and not be doing um, throughout the scripture that helps mm-hmm. us understand marriage, right? So I think the first thing that we really looked at is right in the book of Genesis when man and woman were created. They were created in in this friendship. Like That's their, right. their relationship, yeah. you know, it was yeah. based on on this friendship, this uh, co-equal yeah. in in value. That's right. Co-equal in 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 what uh, um, God created them to be. This complementarian idea of I can do what you can't, and you can do what I can't, and when we work together, we can do all the things. That's right. Right, and that was really what that first relationship yep. was based on. It says in the Bible that God created a woman and the word is ezer, which mm. basically means helper. helper. Um, yep. And unfortunately, a lot of people use that word to show their, I'm making hand quotes, proof of why woman is not as equal or valuable yeah, or as men. lesser than But man. we see yeah, all throughout the true. Bible that God describes himself as helper. That's right. <laughs> so we see that God created woman for such an important purpose yeah. and we And we really man, think right? God's going to say he's under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's under the nation of Israel. It says in Hosea, yeah, yeah, that God actually calls himself Israel's helper. Right. He doesn't call Israel God's helper. No. It's God is Israel's helper. Right. So, so there's just, no way that, that this, yeah. this word helper can mean less than. Yeah. There's, so it there's was no just way. this original marriage of yeah. two people who were created um, with equal value and, exactly. and equal dignity and equally yep. in the image of God to be able to come together and and live out this mission and vision that of God course. had. Right? And, and I think I might be misspeaking here. I don't know. You can correct me if I want, if you, if you want to. I think we hear this a lot from the female side mm-hmm. of the church mm-hmm. that we're equal, that we're mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think enough men are stepping up mm-hmm. and saying, "My wife is equal in value, mm-hmm. equal in dignity." Mm-hmm. Women in the church, women in the world, mm-hmm. are equal in value, equal in dignity. Mm-hmm. And I challenge any men that's watching to change your mindset mm-hmm. and start speaking up about that don't leave it to <laughs> this this is gonna it might sound misogynistic and i don't want to don't don't leave it to the women to do that right we can speak up ourselves and say yes we agree and they're equal yeah and here's uh, here's the biblical backing why right and and so yeah no speak i think up. that's i think that's the reality because i think right now the people sitting around the table that make the decisions are mostly men true yeah. um and unless those men around the table speak up and do the change Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, we, for we sure. We can't force ourselves, sure. but no, that's a really good point. So secondly, we read in the Bible about, and this was one that we had a conversation about because we were trying to really wrap our minds around it, but Paul does say in 2 Corinthians to not be unequally yoked. Yes. Now, in the context of that, he's talking about relationships in, in general. Right. Uh, so with like uh, a believer's relationship with an, with an unbeliever. But 
looking at the broader context, mm-hmm. that has to include marriage. Right. If we're talking about marriages, uh, I mean, let's be honest, the, the Bible equates Christ and the church. Right. To, to, to the bride and groom. Uh, exactly. Yeah. To the yeah. church as the bride of Christ. Right. That's a major relationship. Yeah. Marriage is a big relationship. Yeah. So why would Paul not be talking about this unequally yoked thing in marriage mm-hmm. when he's talking about relationships in general? Mm-hmm. Just a little food for thought. No, it's absolutely right. And when you think about it on a practical level, um, if you're a person who follows Jesus wholeheartedly with your life, you make majority of your decisions, not majority, you should be making all of your decisions through the lens of the gospel with with God. So when you think about having an intimate and personal and everything relationship with your spouse, um, how does that work when your spouse doesn't make the decisions the same way, of right? Course, and right. and when God is not was only is, when God is only invited in by one person and not two. Mm. So I think it's not it's not a vice to be mean and say, oh, you you'll never you can't fall in love. This will never work. Your marriage That's is right. doomed. Yeah. But I think it's just practical advice, like a lot of advice in the Bible, that is helping us do what is best for us, helping mm. us do the things that keep God at the center of our lives, right? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, that's one important thing that it yeah. says about marriage, right? Next. Mm. It's supposed to last a lifetime. Regardless of what culture says. You're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you didn't know all the stuff that I can do when you marry oh me. Goodness. Anyways, it is. It's supposed to last a lifetime, it, right? It is. We live yeah. in a fallen world. Stuff happens. Sin is here. People mm. get divorced. Um, it, it's not, we don't want to sit here and say that it's, you're condemned and there's no coming back and there's no grace and there's no nothing, right? right. That's not at all what the Bible tells us. But just in the best case scenario, marriage is meant to last forever. That's right. right. And I think it's, that's just that. Yeah. And I think just to call a spade a spade. Yeah. That's the original design. That's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, And then what's this? Number three? I don't know. One, two, three, four. Let's say, let's say number four. Okay. Uh, uh, Number four, uh, it's supposed to mirror Christ. Right. It is supposed to mirror God. If we're both made, if your spouse and you are made in the image and likeness of God, then your life, your married life should reflect the gospel. Right. Your life should be a testament to who God is. Right. And people should be able to look at your marriage and instantly understand then what scripture says about the church being the bride of Christ. Yeah. Best case scenario. Right. And that's the thing. And, and we look at all of this stuff through the lens of husband and wife are both Christ followers and wanting to pursue this. Right? That's right. It's not you can't force it on unbelievers right. or this or that. But yes, our, our marriages are, are supposed to be like a gospel sermon, yeah, right? They're supposed to be when witness. You, when you think about it, like the submission to each other that we're called to do as Christ submitted to death. Right. Mm. The the love and grace and forgiveness that we have to give each other on like a daily basis. Right. That yeah. all of those things that we're supposed to do in a marriage relationship um, can just be a beautiful, a beautiful witness okay. to others. That's hopefully right. Right? when it's done properly. And, and now we I feel like I also need to do a disclaimer that Bria and I don't have it all no, figured we, we out. Don't we're not saying properly. we're not saying this stuff because we have it figured out and we're yeah. trying to say we figured out so we're going to tell you how to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's not what it is. No. We, we have a lot to work on in regards to Absolutely. um witnessing and and allowing our marriage to be a witness uh-huh. for Christ. Uh-huh. Um yeah. So I just wanted to I just no, wanted to say good. that. No, that's good. That's true because we do sometimes um assume that people who talk about stuff um, they have it figured have, out like the perfect yes. marriage and go on no. like daily date nights no. that's not 
It's not true. Not we just want to be, we want to be the hot words. We want to be authentic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what's the other hot word? Um, authentic and transparent. Transparent. There's a good one. The one? I feel like you don't like that word no. with the way you said it. Um, and then finally, and what the Bible tells us about marriage is this mutual respect and submission. We yeah. always have to go back to Ephesians 5. Going to Ephesians 5, it's friends. It's literally called Instructions for Christian Household. <laughs> like it's literally, the title is there. That's right. You don't even have to read the rest of it to understand what it's about, right? He was pretty clear. But yeah, it's just this mutual respect and submission. And yeah. again, we talked about this and we won't dive into it because this is a whole other conversation. That's right. But submission is a just scary word to people because of how it's been twisted and abused just mm-hmm. like you're talking about how people believe that men have some people believe that that women have a lesser value than men yeah. some people believe that the submission when it talks about how the man is the head of the household that means the wife just is to sit down and shush it and, and knit I, I don't knit? know. I just that's the first thing you thought. <laughs> that's of the first thing knit? I thought. Of. Oh gosh, I failed you. Um, <laughs> because you don't knit. Is that why your dad tried to teach me how to knit? Once? There it is. Here's how to be a good wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness i don't knit so just for the record um but kudos to you if you do um but yes it's that mu- mutual respect and mutual submission and that goes into the idea of our our marriages being like a good a sermon is is we submit to each other and love each other like christ absolutely did for us right? right and that is the main point of it is that unity that that place that we get to where we're still going to disagree and we're still going to fight but we're still mm. a unified body that's right you know yeah that makes sense right so with all that being said what is the actual sacred cow of marriage or or what should it be instead of being go on date nights what should we be telling couples or couples that are going to be married or couples that are just newly married and we have or couples that have been married forever that's exactly (laughs) that's a good point if we have 10 seconds yeah and it's here's your advice what should it be. Yeah, I think I think the best advice that we can give and that we need to start giving people is that growing spiritually mature together. Yes. Um, I I think it's not new news when we tell people that you know it's it sounds like a broken record, but we need to read our Bibles, we need to pray, we need to grow closer to God yeah. as individuals. But if we're not doing that together as a couple, I think we're missing a huge part absolutely of marriage, and I think we're missing a huge opportunity. Yeah. To be able to live that through our marriage. Oh, for sure. Right? And and I mean, not to... Uh, I've called it the men kind of uh, a lot in this one, but I guess, again... But you are a man. Uh, that's true. So I do speak from that perspective. You speak for all men. <laughs> I, speak, I speak for all men. I'm son of Adam. <laughs> so uh, men, going along the same lines of, of reading your Bible and praying together, when was the last time you asked your spouse or your significant other, um, what can I pray for you about? Yeah. Can I pray with you right now? Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on? Something that you know, maybe you're struggling with that I can pray to God for. Right. Um, just simple things like that. So this growing spiritually mature together, it it doesn't happen unless you set out to make it happen. Right. It won't happen. And it's going to seem like a chore sometimes. It will. You're, you're it just like how you have to tell you. I mean, we did our midweek check-in this morning and it was just this for idea church. for our church. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it was... We sang the song uh, 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redman, and it was this idea of sometimes you just have to tell your soul, like, I am worshiping the Lord right Right. now. Sometimes you have to tell yourself, I am going to meet with my spouse right now. We are going to sit down and read the Bible. We are going to pray together, and we're going to do it expectantly, Mm. expecting the Holy Spirit to show up. Mm -hmm. You got to force yourself 
to do it. And hopefully it will become a rhythm that just happens. Again, authentic and transparent. We're not good at this. We're not. We're not. 100%. We have we have seasons. Yes, we do. Where we're really good at it. Yep. And then we pop out another kid. <laughs> wow, that's graphic. <laughs> and things get rough again. And yeah. it is. And it's always giving yourself grace no matter what stage and phase of life you're in things mm-hmm. change and and schedules have to change and rhythms yes. have to change and yes. we have to be able to adapt but yes we are not great at this we have yeah. the best intentions yes um but we're not great at it no. and it should be never something that you hold over your spouse's head right, right. to say well i said we should have got together and prayed and read the bible right and you didn't right and now you just fell down the stairs no i don't know <laughs> That seems aggressive. Uh, No, but it's true, right? It can't just be one more thing that we put on the list of reasons why I can get mad at him this evening. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and this is the thing: it's it's important to do it, especially when we don't feel like doing it. That's just like the reading the Bible in the mornings when I don't feel like reading at all. I know those are the days that I really have to. Yeah. So we we mostly try to do it in the evenings after we get the kids to bed. So those evenings where I'm exhausted and I just want to flake out and watch The Real Housewives instead, yeah, yeah. those are the evenings that I need, we need to, you need to, like you say, tell yourself yeah. to go and do it. We can't pretend like this stuff comes easy. We yeah. can't pretend like this stuff isn't going to feel like a chore or I've just looked at you all day because this is COVID and we're in the house right. all the time together. I don't want to pray with you. We really have to push ourselves to do it. Yeah. Right? Can you imagine if... <laughs> this sounds so silly but can you imagine if being together on a nightly basis and doing that was just as exciting as going out on a date night hmm. right and i mean it's not always going to be mm-hmm. but that's the goal is where i look forward to this time with my husband because it is filling it is connecting us as individuals it's connecting us with god and it is just so important yeah. And we feel it when we don't do it. Yeah, that's right. We feel it. <laughs> we feel it in everything, in our parenting, yeah. in our individual lives as a married couple. We feel it when yeah. we don't do it, right? So we're not saying don't have a date night. No. What we're saying is reimagine what that date night might look like. Right. Reimagine and find value in it. There's nothing wrong with when you go on a date night sometimes. Maybe you sit in a movie theater and fall asleep. Yeah. That's okay. But also make sure to put first and foremost um, the spiritual health of each other. Right. Uh, yeah, the spiritual health of your spouse. Mm-hmm. And to create that time because the world won't create it for you. Mm-hmm. Life won't create it for you. Mm-hmm. But to create that time to really connect on a spiritual level, on a, yeah. on a God level. Yeah. And uh, finding the time to do that and then practicing it, doing it, yeah. making it a rhythm. And reimagining it, like you said, um, there's been many times where you and I have ordered a pizza and gone in the basement and watched a movie together. Yes, that is and very And maybe true. we only get through half the movie yeah. because it's 1030 and we're tired. Yeah. But it's reimagining what that looks like, right? Absolutely. And, and not just being, you got to go to dinner, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it's fun. It's fun to get dressed up and do yep. that. And and of course, we want people to be able to do that. But not a lot of us are in a situation where we can. So That's right. reimagine it That's right. and get creative and understand that just that connection yeah. You know, that daily what would you, few minutes of connection is so important. Absolutely. I was going to say, what before we kind of conclude here, because yep. I might be going a little off topic, but That's not fair. really. What would you say is the average price right now to go to dinner in a movie? 
By the time you put in the popcorn, like let's oh, talk. Dinner let's in the start, let's are talk we talking about a babysitter yeah. too? Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I never even thought of that. So let's just say a, a movie is about where at we least are, what thirty 50, bucks for, for the, the tickets, ticket. then probably another twenty five dollars for the popcorn and, and drink if you get combo 55. one from Cineplex, right? <laughs> Not uh, sponsored. So what's that? Fifty five. Fifty five. And then fifty. Don't make if, me do math. I know, but then if you're gone for three hours, it's fifty dollars for the babysitter. That's one hundred and five dollars. Okay. And then dinner, let's just be generous, twenty five dollars each. So it's almost one hundred and fifty five dollars a date night. That's crazy. You could, you could not go out on a date night ten times and buy a home theater for your house. Yeah. Complete with TV, surround sound. Yeah. And snacks. Let's just drop that little bomb. And snacks. Right there. And, and snacks. That's right. <laughs> no, but it's true, right? We can, there's ways to do it. And, and I think date night is one of the things that like hasn't evolved. Everything has evolved so yes. much and everything has changed so much. Yep. But that advice, that the sacred cow of you have to date your spouse, like you have to go out and date them, it mm-hmm. just hasn't evolved. It hasn't. And we can get creative. We can save that money and we can do things within the house to create Absolutely. a space where you can have a date night every single night. It's true. Right? Yeah, it's very, very true. Right? And that's just... Mommy and daddy's sacred space. Go away. Go away, sacred children. Space? It's our sacred space. Downstairs on the couch in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with pizza. With pizza. Nice. But there's tons of resources out there. there. Are, yep. I mean, if you're looking for a specific one, you can connect with us. We have an abnormal amount of books. Um, but there's a ton of like free resources online. Mm-hmm. There's one um, book that Daniel and I have liked immediately because this is just a time where we're being honest. We haven't, we've started it and haven't made it through the we've whole thing. We've started it like four times. And we're going to do it again. This has, yes. this has, um, what's the word? Gave me the oomph. Yeah, fifth what? times the charm. Friends. Yeah, fifth times charm. Anyways, it's by Jeff and Aliska. Aliska. Alyssa. Alyssa Bethke. Thirty-one creative ways to love and encourage him. And then there's one. To there's one for the men her. to encourage. Her. And it's really yes. like spiritually based stuff, but like fun stuff to just connect with your spouse every morning to pray for them, to um, pray scripture over them, to to really connect on that level right because i wholeheartedly believe that you know even just 10 or 15 minutes every night together in the word or praying will do your marriage more good than any day night ever yeah, will 100 percent, right and yes again date nights are important getting out getting away from the kids getting away from the normal mm-hmm. rhythm of whatever your life is yes is important but god and the bible and connecting with him will do things that date night never could and I think that's the most important advice that we can give. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And remember, as 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. May you find that peace in your questioning. 